0: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley and I am joined by my very good friend Mike Spears. What's up Mike? Hey buddy, how
1: are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, man. How about you?
1: You know, it's been a very uh vocal heavy week for me. I uh, yes, last night recorded a music the mat with Andrew Rich and I've been doing open the voice gate. So my dumb voice is going to be all over the VOW podcast network over the next week. So I'm getting my enthusiasm, right? I have a fresh new can of a laquam trying it is tangerine flavored and I'm pretty happy. To
0: oh, yeah. I'm being fancy today. <laughs> Need right. bubble. Also joined by Nate aka Epidesis. What's up? Ep?
2: Hello, Aaron. Hello, Mike. How you guys doing? Um, I'm drinking a Schlafly, Schlafly, Schlafly. It's a St. Louis Brewery Double Bean Blonde special release. I got a six pack. It's pretty good.
0: Phyllis Schlafly? Is that who makes it?
2: Oh, Phyllis Schlafly? I don't know. (laughs) St. Louis uh, listeners, tell us what you know about the Schlafly Brewery.
0: I don't think Phyllis Schlafly makes it. That was a joke, Nate.
2: No, I know it was a joke. Okay, cool.
0: Well, that's that's a good start, I think. (laughs) So, that's why I
2: uh, just, you and A.B. makes a joke. No, I know that was a joke. Yes, <laughs> I acknowledge right. your attempted humor.
0: Yes, that's how you treat me on every episode. Uh, and yet I continue calling you my friend at the start of each episode. Yeah, it's a great relationship for me personally. <laughs> it's a lot like my marriage. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my wife.
0: No, uh, that was just because SB is a uh, devoted listener to the pod. So I had to give her a little laugh. Hi, SB. Okay. Hello. All right. For all that content, make sure you're subscribing. Uh, give us a rate and review, all that good stuff. You can follow us on Twitter at Everything Uh, If you're going to subscribe, you can get us on the VOW, Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, or just uh, our devoted feed, uh, dedicated feed is what I was looking for. Uh, so just search Everything Elite, you'll find us. I think Mike got us on all the platforms. So anywhere you're looking, you can find us.
1: Yeah, I know for certain we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes, and there's a couple other that I I need to follow up with. But if there's a platform out there that doesn't want to own our rights, then we're out there on it. But I know that with Spotify, you could listen to us on your TV if you have like a Spotify app on whatever you use for like your setup box or PS4 or whatever. But yeah, we're everywhere.
0: Yes, please force your family to listen to this podcast um i already plugged twitter i think at everything aw uh and i'm at aaron like the car mike is at fuji Heya, and nate is at Epitasis. yeah okay.
2: quick uh quick cut in here the st louis brewery was founded by dan copman that's off to a rough start and <laughs> and tom schlafly a lawyer and nephew of the late conservative political activist phyllis schlafly wow. so uh yeah I, i'm extremely problematic with my beverage choice. Yes. But uh, I go ape for a a blonde, and especially when it's got some coffee in there. So
0: <laughs> you are uh, doing racism by drinking that beer, but I guess that's okay.
1: Yeah, I felt like I'd be the problematic one with having like the bug water, but Nate, you're knocking out of the park tonight.
0: Doing my best. Yeah, a lot of people who don't like AEW or who don't listen to this podcast are going to be calling <laughs> you out for that, Nate. I
2: look forward to it. Uh, please do not at me.
0: Okay. There is, I'm going to be straight with you guys. Not a lot to talk about this week, but we're going to talk about it anyway. We got another Road to Double or Nothing. We're going to talk a little Ray Reyes. We got a Guns and Gallows update. Nyla Rose did an AMA and Mike's got a little OWE update for everybody. So we're going to go through all those. Let's start with Road to Double or Nothing. Episode seven starts with uh, MJF getting in the ring with Cody at one fall wrestling, wrestling, Cody kind of testing out the knee a little bit. Uh, just one of you probably Nate know more about one fall wrestling than I do. No, I don't. Damn. Damn. It's a pass for me. It, okay. Is this the one that I know that,
1: uh, Michael Kulari, AKA QT Marshall is affiliated with it. Is this the one that also has glacier with it? Cause I know that one of these promotion or one of these schools in Northeast Georgia has a glacier connect.
0: I don't know, so I may never know
1: that that's all I know about it. They do, I thought that it looked like a pretty good facility in comparison to some of the other wrestling yeah. schools that I've seen in the greater southeast area. There's a lot of uh, does not look very safe, like, but this one looked like it was pretty professional. Cody's not going to get in there in some place that he could have like a, a ring board break on him. So, and I thought Cody, I don't know how it worked it was, but Cody was running the ring all
0: right. Yeah, interesting that he was wearing his. Uh, New Japan Soul Sports Shorts. I know Nate also noticed that. I think it's funny that they're like still doing soft marketing for uh, for New Japan here. <laughs> we move from that into a Dr. Britt Baker featurette uh, talking about how she was, you know, basically learning wrestling while she was in dentistry school and talking about how hard that was on her. I thought this was a a good little way to continue to build interest in her It also built a little to her match with Kylie Rose, Kylie Rose, Kylie Ray and Nyla Rose. And we got uh, Britt talking kind of interestingly toward Kylie Ray, like, you know, what has Kylie Ray ever done? What has she accomplished in wrestling? So I thought that was kind of interesting and uh, it worked. This was a good segment.
2: Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. They've been pretty good at like these humid interests segments um where they're building up these uh you know relative unknowns i guess you know Brandon and color i suppose is more unknown than like a brit baker but um yeah they really make you sort of understand who the wrestler is as a person and they just sort of tie that right in to their identity as a wrestler they do a nice little blurring of the lines where you know it's uh it, it's a performance but you can kind of see how they Treated as though it was a competition, even in these, you know, supposed real life segments. Uh again with the music here, like the the music on the last one of these was kind of saccharine. This was kind of like reminded the game Life is Strange. I don't know if you guys played that, but it's like a weird meditative, uh paranormal Pacific Northwest game about girls being girls and like doing, you know, weird walking simulator stuff. Uh, so that was bizarre to me.
1: I thought it was kind of interesting that they did all this at her practice in orlando and this is a complete aside i've never been into a dentist's office that does not have the sonicare toothbrush and they had it like right in the back of the frame it was very hard for me to focus on like not necessarily on what she was saying but just on everything else i'm like oh wait i've seen that at every single dental office before but overall i thought this was a really good promo and i like how at least through the road to double or nothing, they've gone over the fact that she is very much, I would say into this promotion for herself. I mean, she called up uh, Brandy or in a previous episode, getting herself into this match making a triple threat. So I I like how they've started to show some shades of gray with with people on the uh, program so far.
0: That's a good point. Uh, we go right from there into a band called, I guess, Downstate. And they are in the recording studio working on some theme music for Britt Baker. Oh, do
2: you are you not familiar with Downstate, Aaron?
0: No, never heard of that in my I life. Thought,
2: I thought this was like sort of your wheelhouse, this kind of music. No,
0: what kind of music is it? Uh it's
2: Southern Check. <laughs> I mean they did I think they did Cody's theme and they did the all original all-in theme So that's a ongoing relationship here.
0: Oh, huh. I don't know They I I don't recall them I don't even know the name. So it's
1: down straight by the way That's it? okay. Yeah.
0: Are you sure? Yep. Okay. All right. What do we know? Okay, so uh, This was interesting especially in light of like the Jim Johnston thing last week of like yeah, I would work I would do music for a w but it seems like uh, these folks are just doing music, like doing random entrance themes.
2: Yeah, know. it seems to be the case. Um, they had a woman who appeared to be like a sibling of the bassist doing the the singing for Brit's music. Um, and they spent some time talking about how she couldn't hit the note. Uh, and it was like, yeah, no, you didn't really hit that
0: note. Yeah, this was really weird, right? The whole, Most of the segment was about like her not being able to do it. <laughs> Yeah. And like how they were using Pro Tools to fix her track. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
1: I was wrong, by the way. So this is my first, instead of being a wrong boy, it is downstate. <laughs> and I, yes. And yeah. He's
2: going to cheat and edit that out. He's got that privilege.
1: Oh, no. I, I'm an honest and wholesome person. I'm going to leave my errors in and don't at me at Aaron Taub.
2: Yes. At Aaron Taub with any complaints. That's a good yeah. policy. Okay. So I did find the That's One Fall Power, power Factory. AP tab Uh, it is QT Marshall's school um, and uh, along with Glacier Glacier is the other guy so we've known that they were sort of involved in getting the shadow promotion up and running going back to I think like all in Uh, but yeah that is there was also that like bulletproof school that I think gallows ran and there was some sort of relationship there but yeah so that's that's what that school is I think they definitely seem to have upgraded their facilities recently so I wonder if there's you know Mm. truth to the idea that AEW bought it out and is, uh, you know, dedicating some resources there.
0: Right. Uh, my last thing on the theme music is just, uh, how bad the lyrics were. D- did that stick out to anybody else?
1: Yeah, it was big butt rock in my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. It didn't, that doesn't bother me. Cause like
2: butt rock and, you know, cheesy kind of, uh, striving for glory lyrics are kind of, uh, intrinsic to pro wrestling, I suppose.
0: Yeah. But it's like, you don't want to feel pain. Get some Novocaine or something like that. But you know, like the dentist. Uh, I was just I, uh, you
2: could have like like Pitbull would rap that probably. You could hear that in a Pitbull song.
0: Well, then that might be cool if it was Pitbull.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a lyrics guy.
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot. You think lyrics are fake? Sorry, should have brought up. <laughs> that's all. Right, I forgive you. With Nate, I forgot. I'm sorry. I will never bring up another uh, lyric or like a storyline or anything like that.
2: I mean, I like storylines
0: do you do you really
2: yeah okay. what I like is successfully told stories that's what I'm uh, okay. watching the promotion for here
0: right just wrestling is fake I, right
2: well I, work rate is fake come on
0: okay I'll get I'm it have, I'll... I'm
2: gonna have to get you a guide I think
0: we have a long time doing this podcast together so I'm sure I'll learn it all eventually okay we go from there uh we see Cody getting a phone call on his cell phone from someone known only as all caps. Jericho love it
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love that he's in the phone is all caps Jericho kind of reminds you of like the the Titan Tron where it's just Jericho spins over and <laughs> all caps Jericho Um, yeah. yeah, they uh, they just tease this they get to the actual promo later because cody declines the call Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I popped for that
1: I popped for the fact that cody's ringtone is the milkier solid kodak noise Which is a level of nerd that I know cody is a big gamer and I know that you aren't one ab but it was a nice touch for gamers. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's two uh, two gaming illusions on this episode so far.
1: Right, yeah. Let's see if we can work some in and completely go over AB's head Nate, by the end of this episode. Yeah,
2: we're going to just having a spinoff podcast. It's just me and Mike talking about gamers.
0: I want everybody to know that I hit unmute so that I could shake my head no. Then <laughs> I hit mute again. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so we see uh, Brandy giving Cody a present wrapped in SpongeBob SquarePants wrapping paper. And it is a cane, a very nice cane, uh, with a husky on it. So Cody's very excited about that. He's showing it to Pharaoh. And uh, I don't know. That was cool. He's walking around on a cane.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to like 20 years on, if the earth still exists, when Cody's got some years on him and he's just going around ringside with a cane and managing some hot young talent in his promotion. That's going to be a good look for him, I think.
1: He's probably be managing Sammy Guevara at that point. Like I could see that being the end game or MJF. He's probably have the same cane. It's going to be really awesome. I feel like he's going to age into like a really good cranky old man.
2: Yeah. I, I always enjoy his cantankerousness on the BT episode. So mm-hmm. that's, that's right in uh, right in his arena for what he's good at.
0: We go from uh, the Husky cane and Pharaoh to little mini stuff to Pharaoh's being assembled at pro wrestling tees. Uh pretty cool that they're putting on the little uh bandana that says Siberian Nightmare on it. I kind of I kind of like these. I think they're cute.
2: Pretty cute, pretty savvy, I think cuz um you know, even even haters can't help but love the dogs cuz the dogs are pretty adorable. Um but yeah, uh you know, they probably took that from Harold who made his money uh <laughs> selling like stuffed bears of New Japan wrestlers, so Cody's just going to Make a mint selling stuffed dogs, uh, good hustle.
1: Yeah, and you can do like a full series because then get Monterey Jack and Colby Jack and all get one, and then you can sell a limited edition three dog set. I make mean, be a three dog night out there. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they can do that. And yes, I know you're doing the, the <laughs> mute. The, you unmuted yourself <laughs> just to shake your head at me. So that's two in less than five minutes. But I thought this is cool, and I know that Ryan and Mrs. Matt Dana are the big merchandisers. So I think it's kind of cool that we're going to be able to see a little bit more about this. I know last week or the week before last, they had Dana on. So it's nice that we're kind of getting more of the other sides of the promotion. I mean, we got Mookie. Now we get to see this. And I like that part of it. I like kind of the building up of the promotion around this series.
0: And and what's your note here, Nate, about uh, Ryan not being able, not being allowed to use the Twitter account? Yeah, I mean, that was
2: not necessarily for air, just that was oh, sorry. Kind of funny. That's, that's how <laughs> I recognized who Ryan was.
0: Okay. Well, we can... If you
2: guys remember the old uh, brand of the Pro Wrestling Tees, Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll... Okay. All right, cool. Uh, last segment of the show, we finally get Cody listening to uh, a voicemail from Chris Jericho. He is very mad that Cody called him a dick in the New York Post interview that Cody did. Ah, uh, Jericho says that Cody is not his boss, and we see Cody looking like uh, you know he's kind of anguished over listening to this voicemail. Jericho says he's the one that is feeding everyone's families in AEW. He says he's the one putting dog treats in Pharaoh's mouth, which I thought was a particularly good line. Uh, I think I didn't. I liked this, but it was. Okay. I would have liked to have heard Jericho try to do it a little less pro wrestler promoy.
2: Oh, I thought I thought framing it through the voicemail kind of made it seem less uh, fake and pro y. Like yeah. it, it seemed a little more real because we just got to hear the voice, didn't uh, have him on our screen. We just got saw Cody reacting, we saw Pharaoh reacting. Uh, I thought that was I thought this was cool. This was a good way to like, you know, not have everything be a little cell phone promo where somebody's just holding the phone up to their face. Instead, we get it framed in like this real context where it's like a office workplace show, but. They're obviously building this angle between Jericho and Cody. Uh, and you know, I don't think that I've seen the voicemail promo done before. And it like puts this match in like the real world where these guys are actually living their lives, and that that's like a cool thing about wrestling.
1: I think the thing that's interesting that they've done because there was the I forget which episode this was, but when they had the sit-down with Jericho at uh at the MGM Grand, where he already was kind of going off about how he's making this promotion, how he's making this so. Again, like they're having continuity with it, and what like Nate said, I'm kind of the middle ground. I feel like that it was a little bit Jericho'd up, but I still really liked it. And the idea that this is kind of—I hate the idea that this is being a workplace show, but this kind of is a workplace show and grind and kind of grounding it with this and with now that we have Fight for the Fallen in the future and presumably the TV show and all that—it's kind of nice to know that we have this kind of building confrontation that's bound to happen down the line.
0: Yeah. So I think it's cool. that That's my favorite part of it is that we already know that the match is uh, Jericho versus Kenny, but we're already getting another story that's starting to uh, percolate. And so I think that's, that's cool. And it lets us know that this is behaving more like a, a real wrestling promotion. It's not one-off shows. So they're going to have to build uh, stories through, you know, they have to uh, build through lines even before shows happen. so. It's positive. It's a positive thing going forward in the promotion, I think. Uh, And that was Road to Double or Nothing, Episode 7, another strong episode, uh, but lacking in the news department. We had kind of been getting one little or one big news drop in uh, the last couple of episodes, but none really here. All right. Uh, The next thing that I have listed here is Raider Reyes going on this Saturday. We're not going to like break it down or anything, but of course, Cody is going to be there. and some pretty strong hints well uh pentagon and and phoenix are on the show right so some pretty strong hints that the young bucks might show up yeah they've kind of
1: it's interesting how they booked ray de reyes phoenix is the triple a mega champion which is their top title and probably the best wrestling title name in all the industry just mega champion it's fantastic and it's very much in triple a form and they're not he's not defending the title but instead the main event is for the AAA tag team t- titles, and the Lucha Brothers are in it, and it's being put in the main event. And there's other stuff going on in the show, but it's building towards this. And it it just as someone who loves AAA, like it's it's actually the uh, Lucha Libre prom- promotion that I get the most enjoyment out of, just them like putting it out like this, and the fact that we already know that Cody's there. It's I don't want to say it's a hundred percent, but with what happened on BT and just with how how the show is kind of set up and how they're going to try to build this relationship. It makes me think that it's a distinct, I would say maybe 75, 25% option that they're going to be on the show and maybe wrestling. So,
0: yeah, that's the more interesting thing to me. And I'm sure Nate will talk more about this when we talk about BTE, but there's a, at least an implication that they're going to wrestle on this show. And so I'm interested to see where that goes
1: yeah and if i'm right outside of them showing up for the crash a couple of times this is the largest platform at least the bucks have been on in mexico they never did cmll when they were with new japan or ring of honor and the crash is a distant third or fourth place promotion that's not even in mexico city so if they're showing up on the show and it's their first match in 2019 it instantly makes it almost a must watch it, it'll be on twitch live which is nice. So people are at home Saturday. I don't know when the show starts, but Mexico is not daylight savings time, so it's pretty late night. But it's neat that's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I'm going to watch it.
1: I mean, Ooh. Psycho Clown will be on there too. My favorite guy. And why? What's the reason why I love Psycho Clown, Aaron?
0: He has uh, flamethrowers for hands.
1: That's one of the many reasons. That's the one I'm trying to get home. We'll build on this as it goes along.
0: <laughs> SB was uh, giving me a hard time earlier because she said that the bit that I should have done when you guys were trying to get me to name the clowns was to go uh, sporty clown, <laughs> baby clown, <laughs> ginger clown. Yeah, I should have done. That would have been a great bit.
1: Well, he would have been. He would have been uh, probably ginger cr- crown or clown. Sorry, ginger clown. Because I mean, ginger spice was the. Supposed to be the lead Spice Girl, right? And Uh, I don't
2: think there was a lead Spice Girl. AB, you can, you can, I mean, you know better than I, but I think they were supposed to be equal members. Ginger was
1: absolutely the one that got all the focus early on.
0: Yeah. Well, she was, I mean, the hottest. I think that's clear. And uh, kind of positioned as the. uh... Really?
2: Huh? Oh, yeah. Ginger? News to me. I don't know. Mm. In terms of who was positioned, you know, I think they were supposed to be equal members here.
0: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think Ginger was more prominently. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, then, then then I, mean. I apologize to Mike. He's had a good point about Flago Clown being the Ginger Clown <laughs> <laughs> or Ginger Spice of AAA.
1: I mean, I'm not wrong.
0: I'm no, wrong. I, you're right. Sounds like you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Big Spice Girls fan here. AB, big Spice Girls fan.
1: Have you seen them live before? Never. I mean, aren't they doing another tour? I'm surprised you're not hopping on that.
0: Well, yes, they they are doing another tour, but I don't, I don't think they've announced any U.S. dates yet. Okay, okay. I could, I could be wrong about that. And no Posh Spice, obviously. Right, no Posh Spice on this tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, sh- I should say that when I was younger, I was a big Spice Girls fan. I'm not like, fall- keeping up with them on a daily basis or anything.
1: I mean, now you have Blackpink to keep up with, so that's fair. Sure.
0: Yeah, that would make it hard to keep up with mm. two groups at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, i got to be uh, – I'm a loyal person, so <laughs> – Got to stick with uh, with Blackpink now. So since we're talking about the Bucks, I just wanted to jump over to them confirming on Twitter that they will not be in New York for WrestleMania weekend, which we already knew that they didn't want to do any anything. Or you know, Cody had said they didn't want to do anything. Did you think it was interesting at all that they only said that they will not be in New York?
2: Uh, was it I th- uh, I that to be like a collective? Us as an organization, kind of okay. I mean, I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but I i didn't mean that to mean specifically myself and Nick will not be. And we know Cody said the same, yeah. I think I—I I think they don't want to have a AEW presence there so much.
0: I'm trying to, well, I mean, we, we know Britt Baker is going to be in town. Um, oh, she's on the stardom show, right? She is on the stardom show. I mean, that Joey was just announced had- today.
1: Joey is announced that his return will be at the uh spring break shows. Right. And Pac will be there, of course, with part of the Dragon Gate roster. So
0: And there's be- a there's a rumor, has have we discussed that on this show that uh Kenny could be the ex at the DDT show?
2: That was a uh rumor that I uh relayed on from John when I was on Omokase last week.
0: Okay. But I don't
2: I don't know if there was a, you know, underlying source to that rumor or if it was just people speculating because, you know, obviously the the interactions between Kenny and DDT have increased recently.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, who's going to be the big surprise from a from a Japanese promotion? I mean, they're going to announce all the big names that are coming over with them because that would make sense to try to sell tickets. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah. But anyway, just more confirmation of that, that there's not going to be an AEW uh, presence at Mania Weekend. Uh, Interesting news from uh, the WWE, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are not re-signing at this time with WWE. Their contracts come up in September. uh, And there was, I did read a report today that, I guess that was from Dave Meltzer, that the they're kind of hoping that maybe we'll see what the market looks like in September. It could be more competitive and could lead to increased bidding. Then do you guys think they would, they're likely to show up in AEW if they, if they leave the fed?
2: Yeah. Um, so I think the original report was PW insider, but they said, Oh, they were intending to exit. That was part of theirs. And then, you know, Walter right. tacked onto that. Well, no, they're just not resigning because you know, maybe you get more money down the line if it's a heated market in six months time. Um, But, yeah, Meltzer also laid out in The Observer uh, that he would think AEW would be a more likely landing spot than, like, New Japan. There's more room, probably, in AEW for a top tag team. Um, And, you know, uh, Carl Anderson's always going on about how he loves being home more and spending time with his kids more and not having to go on, you know, month-long tours of Japan every couple weeks. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and also, like what we talked about earlier – There was, or is, or there, I mean, Luke Gallows has been based around Northeast Georgia for a long time. I mean, before even the bullproof school, he ran a promotion in Barnesville, which is about an hour outside Atlanta. It's actually kind of weird. Like if I was to draw a line from where I currently live in an undisclosed location to Atlanta, you'd be able to make like a triangle that's almost like equidistant for it. So that regionally it makes sense, and then when we talk about like Carl Anderson not wanting to do month-long tours, he did them for such a long time. This was a guy who got into New Japan through the uh, Noki Dojos, so we're talking about a guy who has been a part of the New Japan system as long as Prince Devitt was a part of it, as long as as Rocky Romero was a part of it. So at his age with four kids, it just doesn't seem just doesn't seem like that that's a great fit, and really. By September, the WWE's new deal will have kicked in with Fox and USA. If if All Elite has not announced a TV deal, then that's a big problem, which I don't think that's the case. So by them just holding the cards and waiting to see how the hand plays out, it's all for the best for them. And I think that having a larger tag team and, and in, in a company that does not have as many physically large tag, tag teams or just singles wrestlers to begin with, I think that that's a unique draw. And of course they have the history of the bucks and Kenny. So it makes sense to me.
0: I'm just still burned out on them from their new Japan run. I I haven't watched them at all in WWE. I just have real, really no interest in watching them wrestle. So that could just be me.
1: I think it's that gallows kind of pulling him down because Carl Anderson was really good as a singles wrestler.
2: Yeah. I really like Carl. I think Carl's like a likable character slash guy and, you know, seeing him do uh, singles matches would be pretty refreshing. Um, but, yeah, I haven't seen any of them in the WWE except for, like, one skit where they were doing – they had somebody's balls in, like, a yellow
1: – Oh, the doctor skit? Bottle, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, that I mean, they could plug right into BTE and, uh, you know, tag somebody out of that show and, and freshen it up with some of their stupid old talking shop bits. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah, it's really just the tag team that I'm tired of. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to see Carl Anderson, but uh, him and Gallows together doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, but, of course, you got to remember, like, their last run in New Japan was, like, the the whole Maria thing. With Loved it. Great angle. Okay. Never mind. Sincere. I liked it. It was
2: funny. <laughs> they had, like, the extremely yeah. dramatic uh, uh, video with Ave Maria playing. That was great.
0: The best thing Carl Anderson did during his uh, New Japan run was, hey, we're recording here. Uh
2: that might have been Rocky. You might get Rocky credit for that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like charm. check out.
2: Check out Rawl is online's timeline <laughs> if you want more information on what that is.
0: Yeah, from like months ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, go, go back always. You'll find lots of juicy stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: great account.
1: Great follow. Uh yeah. there was also his theme in in New Japan before Bullet Club where he talks about Big Mac's extra sauce and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but Before Rocky Romero started doing music, it just was like the most nonsensical theme song ever. I like
0: that. All right. I support that. Uh, okay. A little note from Cody's Twitter that a, quote, new female signee was going to be in the office uh, this Tuesday. So no news on who that might be. Uh, but – you know, if you really look at this, I saw somebody else breaking this down. If you really look at the women's division they put together, it's kind of dire from like a wrestling perspective. Uh,
2: uh, I don't. Not my take.
0: I think. Have, it's, you, a, have you seen
2: a Kylie Ray match?
0: Yeah, no, Kylie Ray rules. Okay, she's great.
2: And they got a uh, Yuka.
0: She's coming yeah, well. In. We only know that for double or nothing. I mean, Yeah, but
2: I mean, they're going to, we know they're bringing in the Joshi because Kenny's a weirdo like us. Yeah, but the people Uh, they've signed. Haven't seen a Nyla match, but she seems cool. Yeah. It seems like some variety.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like to me that this is an upside division and that you have people like Kylie and Nyla Rose that people at least, unless you really followed Wave and Marvelous, you're not as familiar with Nala Rose. And then Kylie is a Midwest like, on, wrestler on the rise. So it seems like that they really kind of need to bring in some sort of name uh, women's wrestler. And there's all these connections with Tokyo Joshi Pro and AAA, but those aren't permanent people. So I, I totally see AB's point in that it's a, shallow division and it's not necessarily a division that i think leads off today but could lead off next year as soon as more p as more fans get more familiar with kylie and nyla and then the people that they bring in from tokyo joshi pro i mean like if they bring in Saki sama i'm all aboard i think that'd be really fun
0: Ooh. yes
2: yes i agree <laughs> i uh yeah i mean I, I i agree with you that's uh you're correct that all those talents have room to grow and like become hopefully stars unto themselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's not really like marquee women's talent out there to go get like Britt Baker is probably the best offer or, you know, opportunity that was on the table for them. Cause she's someone with some name value, you know, good hand, like the uh, confounding that the WWE missed on her, you know, years ago, really. I think I, the first time I saw her live, I think was Orlando and, you know, she walks down the aisle and you're like, how is she not in WWE already? Like what's going on there? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who you get to anchor the division when WWE has taken all the talent, and also they've done a pretty good job of not establishing any stars in the uh, Western women's marketplace over the last X decades.
0: Yeah, there's just not a match from the talent that they have today that they could put together, and I would say, oh, that's going to be a really good match.
2: Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but uh, I, I think they're really – doing pretty well as far as the talent that's on the table. Like I think Britt is a good starting point. I think Kylie is your future ace. Uh, and then, you know, you add the other pieces around him.
0: What's, what's the deal with Jordan Grace? She was on all in. I don't know. She's great. Yeah. She's very good. I, I would like to see her brought but I don't she, know. If uh, he has I a think she, I
2: believe she re-signed with impact pretty recently or they announced it recently. Maybe it was a, one of these where they signed her at the end of last year and just now announced it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, hey, I mean, you've got the uh, long-running World Idol pro tag team of Nyla Rose and Jordan Grace. You can put that back together in uh, in AEW. Come on.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that was just kind of a tangent there, but uh, I'll be interested to see who else they have gotten. But you're right that especially with the uh, NXT UK, they've gotten everybody who's kind of become a name uh, is signed there now, so it's very sad. Okay, speaking of Nyla Rose, she did an Ask Me Anything on Reddit uh, a couple of days ago. Not a whole lot happened in this AMA, but there were a few little notes. Um, most interesting to me was that she's apparently a trained method actor. Did, did she
1: say what school she's a part of? Did she do Strasbourg or? Stanislavski. Stanislavski, okay.
2: Okay, now this is AB's wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> it is, very much so. But it sounds like Mike knows his stuff too. I did theater in high school. I did the tech
1: side, and I had to act on stage. I wasn't very good at it. Weirdly enough, I have stage fright for someone who (laughs) does a lot of radio stuff and podcast stuff. But, yeah, no, I didn't know if maybe she was at the studio, you know, maybe went to Atlantic and maybe has met now currently indicted actress – Leslie Huffman. I mean, there's options there. <laughs> she did Studying interview David Mamet. I mean,
0: there's options. Sure. She didn't mention, or at least I don't remember, like what actual school she studied at. Mm-hmm. I just know that she studied uh, Stanislavski's teachings in acting. So, so now
2: being a trained method actor is that a thing like Wrestling School, where you you know pay your two thousand bucks and go through a few weeks, and then at the end of it, say, okay, now you're trained, or is there like some uh, you know more concrete? idea of what it means to be trained
0: well method yeah yeah well i mean i guess it does depend you're right like anybody can say they've gone to wrestling school and anybody could take a two-week stanislavski um whatever yeah yeah but i don't know people usually don't kind of throw that around unless it's
2: uh, no yeah I'm not nothing they
0: studied. I'm not, I'm
2: not like casting aspersions.
0: I just no, 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 I get by you.
2: the idea of like the idea of a trained method actor versus like an amateur method actor. Okay, no,
0: it means literally nothing. There's not like a certificate, you know, Got I it. think you get at the end. Um so I'm just giving her credit based on her ability to use uh buzzwords. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's something there.
1: you throw onto your resume, I mean, alongside what Accents you do. I mean, if you've done improv, if you've done sketch, it's just something that I can
0: drive a stick shift.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. A that's a thing. It's a talent. Like, can you pogo? I saw someone when I was doing student film that on their headshot they wrote down that they also could do pogo, for whatever reason. And you I never asked,
0: know when that's going to come up.
1: Right. <laughs> and I asked them. I was like, Why'd you put on there? And their answer was, Oh, just so that you would ask me this while casting, because uh,
0: even a impression memorable. Yeah. I' exactly. But a I think that's, worker.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing that she's trained in that and i think that there are other wrestlers and performers who are trained actors and got into it through there i know that stokely hathaway was someone who did theater in college as well so r.i.p r.i.p i I mean we mess i missed stokely a lot yeah hopefully he's making a ton of money
2: former friend of the show since
0: deceased (laughs) (laughs) nice my my only um Audition story that I wanted to tell was that I would always put on my audition sheets that I'm 5'8", which I'm not, I'm 5'6". But I would always put 5'8", because I figured once they went back and were doing casting, they wouldn't remember how tall I was. So they'd be like, yeah, he's probably 5'8". And then I was at an audition once and somebody said, how tall are you, about 5'9"? And I said, yes. And then I started putting 5'9 on all my (laughs) auditions. I figured if anybody would believe that, then I would go for it. I mean that's a,
1: a pull full on dating app game that you're pulling there. You say that you're five eight, but you're really five six. So you're doing this way ahead of the game.
0: This is how yeah. the Undertaker became a seven footer right here. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I saw the Undertaker in a in an airport once in the Charlotte airport, and six eight. I'm gonna say six eight. I think six six. Okay. Oh wow. Like I saw him and. I mean, you know, you if you've watched wrestling all your life, you see The Undertaker. And you're like, that's got to be The Undertaker. But then I was telling Sarah, I was like, there's no way that's The Undertaker. He's not tall enough. It can't be him. But then he came and sat like right behind me and I kind of turned around and I could see the tattoo around his throat, you know? And you pulled out like, a tape measure and you're like, oh, if his head's that... How tall are you? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there you go. Undertaker. Hey. Not as tall as you think he is.
1: My only wrestler airport story was from this year going to New Orleans when I sat next to Shawn Michaels and it was so <laughs> early in the morning that, and this was referee right guy's haircut that I didn't even notice his height, but I felt like that. I was like eye level, like when we turned and got drinks. So, you know, I'm five, eight, legit five, eight, not billing myself as five, eight, being five, six, like <laughs> a liar on the program. So uh,
0: I was much more insecure about my height at that age than I am today. I don't really care. I think that's a right, Well, you're, you're past the dating apps now. Is, that's yeah. why. Yes, I'm married you're and my wife's five nine. App. So yeah, what do I care? Okay. Marrying
2: literally up, folks. That's <laughs> right.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose. So this was the thing that I thought was actually interesting from the AMA. She was asked, are you exclusive to AEW? And she said, quote, sorta, sorta. And then mentioned that she could work AAA because they're partnered with AEW and said, you know, basically, I could work with other places we partner up with. So I thought that was fascinating in that it seems like a lot of other people can do whatever. uh, But she may have an actual exclusive deal that she can only work with AEW and their partners.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think uh, there's probably some sliding scale of priorities and how uh, restrictive they are with the people that they use, uh, I guess, would be my take on that um like you get the impression that joey and mjf are not you know in their full time guys um and you know everybody else is pretty much taking indie dates in this uh build up to double or nothing so yeah i don't know i I guess it just sort of remains to be seen a lot of this stuff i feel like is probably all contingent on what kind of tv deal they get and you know maybe this all changes when they have weekly TV or, or whatever the case may be. Like maybe it just becomes strictly partner promotions or they do new deals. Like when somebody goes from NXT up to the main roster.
0: Yeah. I just think it's fascinating. And like last week we talked about how B Priestley said she can still work stardom. She wasn't asked about other promotions, but I'm just, I'm fascinated by who gets what deal because like if you're Nyla Rose and you can only work partner promotions, the AEW deal better be pretty, um better pay pretty good money because you're losing your ability to to make any other money
2: well um so i mean i I did look at nyla's timeline and she is promoting other indie dates and stuff so you know i don't think it's a case where she's being locked out of anything at this point Mm um but yeah you know the other thing on the money is we we keep hearing that you know real money deals are being offered and people are being outbid and you know they're putting indie guys on holding deals that are more than they've ever gotten paid before or something like that. Uh, But then you hear, you know, stuff like, oh, well, maybe Darby's time with WWN is coming to an end. And, uh, you know, maybe he's getting a AEW offer, but he doesn't seem to be signing because now he's back on those WWN deal or shows. So hard to say. You you wonder uh, how much the money bothers or matters to people or, you know, why Chuck Taylor is still taking a full slate of indie dates now.
0: Yeah, and I heard from a pretty decent source that it looks like the AEW thing with Darby might have fallen through uh, because that's basically... WWN didn't promote him on those shows because they thought he was gone. And then they figured out that he would still be available for those shows, and that's why they came back and started promoting him for him. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an oversight that they just thought he was gone. So it makes it look like either the deal with AEW fell through or it's a deal where he can continue to do whatever he wants. But uh, it seems like evolve doesn't seem to me like the kind of promotion they would still let their, their talent work considering the obvious uh, relationship with WWE. Yeah,
2: it's all tough to say I'll just, sorry, Mike, but, uh, you know, like Penta and Phoenix and now Darby like Darby's on the next progress shows. And Penta and Phoenix were just in WXW, which of course is NXT UK C League. So, you know, it, it's tough to say.
1: And then for Darby, he just got announced to the Progress Super Strong Style 16, and that's a show that has now so much WWE UK and WWE talent that one of the big things that WWN was even before the overt Takeover no pun intended, is that it was the feeder because you go there and that's kind of your finishing school and that's where you get the most eyes on you.
2: And the pipeline.
1: The pipeline, exactly. So could it be that there were other offers that were put through that he now is entertaining? Could it be the fact that Double or Nothing still isn't for another two and a half months and there's still a whole lot of things that could be in the pipeline there and it just seems like that there is so many moving pieces and moving players now i mean you look at penta and phoenix at mlw they do they have done stuff on impact and even more so i mean they're in triple a like they're working wherever they want to and then joey janella has talked about how he still wants to put on his gcw shows so i think what we're really talking about here when Nyla Rose said sort of, sort of in partner promotions is that there really might be the sliding scale of promotions or contracts rather that go from the elite being fully contracted, part of the office, the vice president's, executive price of vice president's, whatever, all the way down to someone like Joey Janela that's saying like, yeah, no, I'm going to be a true independent contractor. And I think that's like another reason why, and I know we were talking about addressing this, at one point, like Cody is like union and talking about players league. And I think that's not necessarily him covering his ass, but in a lot of ways, like not wanting to talk about contracts because it seems like this is that they're trying to fit these with each wrestler. Like one contract does not fit all is that's what I'm wondering or one agreement. I don't want to say contract if they're independent contractors. I don't know. I'm just guessing right now.
2: If only
0: we had a functioning wrestling media.
1: Mm hmm.
2: Now that we're talking through this, I'm just going to, my take is going to be that Darby is basically doing the uh, freelance version of what Guns and Gallows are doing. Like, you don't necessarily need to commit to something right now when you might see how much money everybody's offering six months down the line.
0: Yeah, but is, I mean, I know WWE's signing everybody, but is Darby somebody who's going to get a super big offer from WWE? No? Question mark? I kind of don't buy it. Like I could see him getting an NXT deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could even see him because of the market that we're in getting a deal where they're like, we're going to put you on NXT TV immediately or quickly, but I don't see him getting like the deal. They a- allegedly offered Adam page or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Just-
2: there's the, there's just literally not enough room for them to offer all these guys this much money and time on their programming. Right. Like,
0: oh, and, and Darby's, I mean, he's not going to survive on like WWE main roster.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, with that, they're going to slate him in like, like maybe where ACH is now. And uh, right, you know, you look at the all the NXT UK people are doing the AEW deal where they're working other promotions too. Like Zay Brooksides going back to Stardom at this point. Like they yeah. just don't have time for all this
0: talent. And I want to be clear that I did. I don't mean that Darby isn't good enough to succeed on main roster. Darby, I think, is one of the best uh, wrestlers in the world. I just think they would have no idea what to do with him.
1: And it seems like to me that as you're saying, like there's only so much, so much footage or so much like screen time. And there's only so much agreeing time with this that at a certain level, other than just saying, Hey, you're going to go wrestle in Lardo, Florida, that there's only so far you can go. And it's entirely in Darby's interest to play the field right now and see, Oh, wait, AEW offered me this right now, but WWE has this on the table. I want to see what I can get out of this, and then, you know, he's also someone that his his wife is is someone who recently left WWE as well. So there's that aspect as well, and she is affiliated with with Tokyo Joshi Pro. So maybe it's one of those things that hey, maybe it, it can I work these shows and get me into DDT. So there's a lot of moving parts here, I feel like, at least in the case of Darby Allen. And, hey, if he's just going to have people bit up, up to him and it means he gets pulled from cards and, then he, and they don't book him or they think he's done and they bring add him back to cards. I mean, it sucks as fans because you're with this mania weekend that like you don't really have a chance to get some of these tickets without a card, and it's really frustrating. But at the same time, it's purely in the wrestler's interest to play this all out, I feel like.
0: Uh, the one person that... Uh, we haven't talked about yet, that popped up in the Nyla Rose AMA, Hollywood uh, She Nyla Rose mentioned her interactions with Jerina, uh in Japan. And luckily for our listeners, we have a Hollywood Jarena expert. Nate. Yeah. Tell us what you know about Hollywood Jarena and Nyla Rose.
2: Well, I mean, mostly I'm just offended that you didn't miss my, or that you missed my tweet where I discovered that Nyla Rose wrestled Hollywood Jarena. I mean, that, Nate, that's what really stuck out to me here.
0: You told me earlier that you tweeted this like a year ago. You really expect me to remember that from a year ago?
2: No, I mean, I didn't know who Nala Rose was a year ago. This was like, I don't know, X weeks ago, eight weeks ago, maybe. You really
0: expect me to remember something that happened <laughs> eight weeks ago?
2: Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I don't have, I mean, um, yeah, we just discovered that she was on the, one of the World Idol Pro shows. World Idol Pro was like the... Japanese drama about pro wrestling that Hollywood Jarina, who you may know from hosting Wrestle Kingdom last year. um, She was like the main character uh, as a pro wrestler. And then they like eventually ran a couple real shows, maybe. They ran like one show that drew 5,000 people and they ran Cork and Hall at some point. And uh, apparently Nyla Rose was either on the show or on uh, either on the television show or on one of these wrestling shows. But I don't, they're not on Cage Match, which I really think is fucked up and we should have words with striga <laughs> about that but
0: yeah I've, I've got a direct line to one of the cage match people so i'll i'll make it happen
2: so yeah and, and we just discovered that jordan grace was on one of those shows too who knew
0: yeah so h- how does the world idol pro wrestling play into tofu pro wrestling
2: world idol pro is the television show within which they work for tofu pro wrestling i believe
0: okay yeah. okay and we should say hollywood arena is an idol
2: yeah, it's all the entire show is uh, constituted of idols from the 48 uh, groups, AKB48, etc. Who you know also has a tie-in through OWE and through Dragon Gate, or not through Dragon Gate? Yes, through OWE. Uh, they were trained by Milano Collection. At we know Kenny was running through their dojo at one point or another because they did like photo shoots. Uh, it's like a weird fictionalized sister promotion of new Japan where everybody does new Japan spots and Hollywood dream. does the destino and shit. Um, but yeah, you know, it all, it all comes together. Everything basically revolves around Cody Rhodes and idols.
0: idols Wrestling right.
2: is idols. <laughs> it's true.
0: All right. Well, that's everything from the Nyla Rose AMA. I think, uh, we've got a WWE update, Mike.
1: Yeah, Aaron, uh, there's not a whole lot of news this week as we talked about last week, they're starting their, Tag Team League to find out who's going to join Shima at Double or Nothing in the match against SoCal Uncensored. And there was only one match that happened, and it was a draw. So it was Da Ben, a.k.a. Achilles Ben, a.k.a. A-Ben, a.k.a. A-B, a.k.a. the captain. He's run through a lot of nicknames. He's the big muscler guy who crushes apples in his biceps. And his tag team partner, the commando-slash-dashing swordsman, Duan Nan. Who was also in DDT and Russell 1, drew with Reka and Liu Ki. I'm gonna I'm gonna mispronounce this horribly. Liu Kin Ki. Shinshi? Shin I I might be Shin Might be Shinshi. yeah. Liu
0: Shinxi. But you tell me they've had one league match and it was a draw? It was a draw. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> it,
1: it, it was a 15-minute draw, and it hasn't made tape, but it has been reported by our friend Nuclear Convoy. And Rekka apparently was in DDT for a while, which I did not know. So he's actually the most uh, tenured person of the OWE kids. So I wanted to get that correction in here. So it's not Duan Yingnan. It is Rekka who is probably the most experienced person in OWE But that's about it. They have a lot of shows coming up and they're going to need to figure out this. I hope they don't just do one match a week because there's seven teams in this (laughs) tournament and it's two and a half months away from road to or double or nothing. It'll be a real road to double or nothing. And (laughs) they got to get visas and visas aren't easy to get from China into the United States. So,
0: well, Mike, I mean, it is a worked sport. I mean,
1: they can already get the visas. It is, but as we saw through New Japan's U.S. shows, you can get your visas in super early, and they cannot be there on time, even if you do it when you should. So,
0: Well, hopefully they've already picked the winners. And, of course, it's a bad idea to pick your winners in advance and then have all these shows on which somebody could get hurt and you only have visas for, like, two guys.
1: Well, I would not be surprised if they did a whole bunch of visas And they did it for the winning team already. And now they have these people that for some reason, they might not be able to get out. I mean, China has had some issues with like their social credit with and in in their society that some people aren't allowed to leave the country or even use mass transit nowadays because now they're doing like a very overarching like social credit system. So they have a backup plan, I would hope, because how much would it be terrible or how terrible it would be if, if a team that they have prepared for the beginning that they apply for a visa for, and then, okay, it's May 4th or May 15th, whenever the last show is, and they win the tournament, but one of the guys can't get a visa. It would be such garbage. So I would have put visas for all teams and said, okay, we'll book out from who is able to come over and who isn't. So,
0: Well, that should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. League match starts with a draw. I guess that leads us to BTE. Nate, you got the, the most recent BTE recap.
2: Yeah, wow. This is, uh, we really talked a lot on this episode. We yeah, about stuff we in didn't plan BTE. to talk about. Yeah, well, you know, my plan was, hey, let's do a lot of tangents because not that much has happened, but here we are. All right, BTE, we're back with Matt Jackson. We're continuing the bit where he's still mad that Kenny signs the nobody that is Michael Nakazawa. So he's buckling his kid into the car seat. He's mad about it. Then got the trash. He's mad about it. His kids don't know who Michael Nakazawa is. He's on the elliptical like Aaron Bentley, and he's mad about it. Uh, <laughs> he's getting his hair and makeup done uh, and mad about it. This was apparently a Ronda Rousey parody about her little clip, I guess, but I didn't see it. No. Um, and then Kenny calls him up on the Kindle to tell him about the signing and Matt immediately folds and pretends that he's super happy. Get a little bit um then we got the jackson kids are on the trampoline these guys like really live in the desert <laughs> like this is the desert when you look at their home um and the jacksons are happy that they get to be at home so much we cut to sammy guevara who's backstage at a show he's doing the indie guy handshakes shaking everybody's hand he brought cake he's being super nice to everybody but everybody just seems to hate him still i so they're like advancing this idea i think that he's like I don't know if it's intentional now that, you know, he, he seems to be acting nice and everybody hates him or maybe he just has a hateable face, but that's where we are with Sam Guevara. Uh, and we go to SCU. They're in Australia. Uh, they're not happy that they're in Australia because it's not Southern California. They say that all the animals in Los Angeles are way nicer than the Australian animals. They say that all the LA alligators are the best as compared to the Australian alligators. Um, so that, you know, their little catchphrase there. That was fun. Uh, and then we go back to the Jacksons. They're watching their old yarder footage. And they said that they're going through that footage because they are starting to write something. Uh, not really, don't really have an idea what that could be. I do think it's funny that like everybody does a children's book now, like Colt Cabana did a children's book and then the Bucks did a children's book. And I think Cody might have announced one maybe, or maybe it was Brandy. Um, but yeah, that, that it, it's funny that that's like a new side hustle as these children's books, I guess because parents will buy whatever they can for their kid if, I don't know.
0: This uh this footage was nuts, right? Oh yeah. Like like the moves that they're doing?
2: They had some cool ass moves. I would like to know who all the other
0: guys in there were. They're like athletic as hell some of these guys. Yeah. They, they did
1: definitely mention the cutlers in it. I did pick up on that. They did mention Brandon Cutler. My one of my favorite things other than how insane it was that it was Nick being able to pull off a dragon Rana at age, I would guess 13 or 14. Like that is a move that requires such body control to be able to sit on the top rope, do a full front flip, lay on their shoulders and then reverse your motion and your balance to be able to do that. It was insane. And I also like the fact that they kept on saying, oh yeah, we invented this move. We invented this move. We invented that move. I appreciated that much. It's like, oh yeah, it's the first six thirty ever. And I'm like, I don't know like the time frame of when these videos are coming out, but I know that Ricochet was doing a six thirty and a double moon salt when he was thir- when he was fourteen. So I kind of want to compare contrast these backyard videos. But I love this part. and if they're writing something that talks about like their rise to whatever and they have all this like backyard footage, if they do an over the top network, I will probably watch these shows <laughs> on repeat of their backyard footage because it was awesome.
2: It was cool. Yeah, the cool looking footage. Um, so then we've got MJF. He's at dinner with Brandy. Uh, you know, based on the, the we we think they probably like shot these back during Super Bowl week, th- this bit, unless he just moved in with the Rhodes' at some point. I don't know. Uh, but he starts talking shit he's like, Aren't gold diggers supposed to be attractive? And she calls him an NWO Flip Gordon. There's a whole lot of swearing. They really get pretty rude, like MJFs. Um, I don't know, they they swear at each other a lot. Um and then he calls the dog a dilapidated, toothless gremlin. I don't really think that's a proper usage of dilapidated. Like, you wouldn't use that in that context. Uh, so, yeah, they, they basically agree that they're going to kill each other at some point And then they cheers each other to that. Uh, not This
0: was a weak segment, I thought. Oh, I thought it was good. I liked it. Uh, hmm. Brandy is, like, my favorite character on BTE. Oh, I yeah. I feel
2: like her, her acting is typically better, I think.
0: It, it, it's I would agree with that. Yeah. But she really sincerely dropped the F-bombs on him in this one, which I enjoyed. And also, the dog is so cute. He's just laying there with his little tongue hanging out. Cute dogs. Oh, insanely cute. And when uh, MJF kind of talked trash at him, he kind of like perked up toward MJF like, I know you're not talking about me. (laughs) I mean, just the cutest dog. I just loved how it lays there like a baby. Very cute. Yeah. Okay. Good. I,
1: I think that two of them have great chemistry on screen together. Like the fact wow, that the two of God. them have like daggers at each other. And I know you don't like it as much, Nate. So what about the segment where you're not as a fan of?
2: I, I don't know. This is something that felt this is one of the uh, situations where maybe the, you know, uh, uh, hand handheld camera or, you know, hand homemade uh, production that the show is maybe like worked against it. Okay. Uh, it, it it just seemed like maybe it was too the the language and the intensity of what they were saying was too intense for what is obviously just like the two of them sitting at a dining room table and and shooting a little mm. bit together. I don't know. There's mm. something about it like felt off to me, and I just okay. didn't care for it. Maybe it's just that I you know it 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 struck that like uncanny value where it seems like they're actually trying to promo on each other with vitriol but you can co- sort of see them pausing and thinking about what they're going to say next whereas you know you either want that to be like a heated confrontation where they're like actually super intense in each other's faces or you want it to be a little more well-produced and maybe have the i don't know about lines pre-written but have better idea of where they're going with that i don't know it it didn't uh, was not my favorite all right next segment uh joey is in. joey ryan is in australia with scu he wants them to be his backup because they're in aew and uh the elite is not there to back him up daniel says that if it's not aew business and they don't have time to take care of it so joey walks off and says that they've changed much like uh, the people in the prior episodes Uh, and then we get flip flip gordon is there i think in australia with everybody else he's got really bad new facial hair i thought He's got like reverse fangs coming up from his chin to his mouth and it goes right to the tip of his mouth. And I don't care for it. And I like Flip. I like semi-ironically like Flip, but nonetheless. Uh, so then he sees Joey and he starts to wonder, yeah, maybe I'll get booked on double or nothing if I beat up Joey. And that'll track the bucks. Uh, but then Fat-Ass Massa runs in, saves Joey from uh, some big guy. I thought it might have been like Brodus Clay, maybe. Do you uh, know who it
1: was? Who I was I, it? That was Mr. Juicy.
2: No kidding, was it?
1: I think that was Mr. Juicy. It looked like him. And I hate Flip. I don't think he's that great. I Same. think I think his girlfriend. Well, Mark is fake, well, so. well, I just think he's not a good wrestler or character. He, and he looked like he looked like a dipshit Brian Cage with his facial hair.
2: <laughs> facial hair is not good, but the, He looks like a
1: dipshit Brian Cage, and you can't dip, convince me otherwise. The dipshittery
2: of Flip is the whole appeal. It's extremely authentic. Wait, are
0: you saying Brian Cage isn't a dipshit?
1: Brian, Brian Cage, Cage has a is lot of moves huge and cool. He's really good at doing awesome moves and acting like a badass and
0: being huge, so fucking big. He's also not a troop. He has that on flip.
1: That's fair. The, the, that Such is a great. fake troop. And on the other hand,
0: <laughs> what just, does that mean?
2: <laughs> he was like in the he was like in the reserve and said on Twitter that he just did it for the money.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: but I mean, I mean, fuck. He comes down to the ring with an American flag on a kendo stick. I don't know how you cannot love that if you love pro wrestling. <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: So he's stealing valor, is what you're
2: saying? No, he's he's a fake troop. He has fake valor.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: Yeah. Put flip and in Los Angeles. Thank you. Um. Oh yeah. So vanis Massa also wants to know where Candice Laree is to save Joey. All right, and then yeah, then we get the closing bit. It's just Nick Jackson packing a bag. The little swerve here is he throws his passport on top. So, oh, they're leaving the country. Uh, Matt walks in and says that it's hard to believe we have not wrestled since January. So that is our suggestion that not only are they leaving the country probably to go to AAA, but they are also seemingly working a match or at least wrestling.
0: Yeah. Or they'll show up on the New Japan Cup this weekend, I guess.
2: Hey, uh, New Japan could maybe use a shot in the arm in Dallas. So
0: Uh,
1: I'll say one thing about this there there's only so many travel dates that you could have expect wrestling fans to do before you've tapped it out and being the third date that literally is charging three times the tickets of double or nothing you are gonna get 1600 tickets sold in the first day in Dallas Texas it's just gonna happen so
0: yeah and I think it's tough that it that the tickets went on sale before mania weekend oh yeah so, because it's kind—I of, know—I kind of had this feeling of like, Ugh, I've just spent all this money. It's like now you want me to spend a bunch more money to go to Dallas right now? I don't know. And it's just like, I grew up in that area. Dallas
1: is not that fun of a town. It's not like going to New York City. It's not like going to Vegas. It's not like going to New Orleans. It's Dallas in the middle of summer. The Rangers are out of town. It's not a very appealing thing. Hey, if I was going to go there, I would hope that the Rangers are in town to go see a last game at that stadium.
2: But yeah, you got to have a secondary draw to get people to travel. I think, and mm-hmm. a lot of these events, secondary draws sort of just pop up, like with other shit, other promotions running shows around them. Um, but it, uh, if you're not going to get that, then you have to be promised like a great special atmosphere or something, like that's why you go to Reseda and watch PWG in Legion Hall, or that's why you go to a show at Madison Square Garden where it's the, you know, first promotion to run outside of the WWE and, you know, since before Vince McMahon Jr. Um, and, you know, you're not going to get a special atmosphere in a, in a basketball arena. It's going to be the same uh, stupid, sterile atmosphere you get on WWE Raw.
0: Yeah, but it is a G1. I really did think that would be a much bigger draw. I thought people would be losing their minds to go see a G1 show.
2: Yeah, but if I'm, I mean, and this—I suppose this also does apply to me. Uh, I'm not going to spend the money to see a G1 show in Dallas when I can put that money towards seeing a G1 show in Japan.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way, and it's like it's—they've kind of diluted the brand a little bit from how much they've run in in uh, in the U.S. already, and especially running like C shows in New York in I keep saying in New York in the US it's not like every time they come over it's been a big uh, exciting show
2: I, honestly I think that sea shows are like a better route for them at this point like you have something like on a grassroots level rather than coming in and trying to pop basketball arenas
0: that's an interesting thought
1: and especially one of this size like the American Airlines Center for wrestling seats 18,000 and I know that they didn't set it up for 18,000 but when you compare that to what new Japan normally runs, this is basically the equivalent of running Budokan that they decided to run a, a venue, the size of Budokan and in Texas in Texas and, and in Dallas and around July 4th and being the third event in less than five months. That is a travel show.
0: Yeah. It's just weird to be like, Oh, I think we can, I mean, I know, obviously there's a lot of people in Texas. It's a big place, but you know, just a weird city to try to run this their biggest show in the U.S.
2: Yeah, it just has to be the Cuban connection there, which you know they're, they're like they're probably not taking a wash on this show because they've got you know presumably the Mark Cuban hookup on the arena, so at least they have that going for them. But yeah, people aren't going out of their way to go to go to Dallas for marquee events.
0: No, and I think this is going to be the end of big New Japan shows in the United States, at least for a while. I think they will have to scale back after this. Uh, Because this is going to, 1,600 tickets, this is going to bomb. I mean, this is
1: less than what Ring of Honor sold at the University of Miami basketball arena for, like, their big show that they had down there that they had 2,500 there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they will get five or 6,000 people in the building by the time it's all said and done, but that's bad. Oh, yeah, just optics-wise, it's terrible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's going to look like a a marginally worse version of the cow palace show. Probably. Yeah. Ugh. And he, and you know, the cow palace didn't look terrible. Like you had empty seats during the young Lion matches and stuff, but
0: right. Well, it's interesting that all of us watch new Japan, all of us travel to wrestling shows uh, and none of us is going to the show.
1: And it's my hometown essentially.
0: And I'm not yeah. going
2: back for it's it.
0: Rough. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Anything else you guys want to cover on this episode?
2: I got nothing.
1: No, nah, we've covered anything I could think of. and More, more than enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a slow week, we found plenty of content. So that's it. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the show and getting these episodes as soon as they come out because Mike gets them edited and pops them out late at night. So you want to make sure you're getting those so that they are loaded up for your commute the next morning. I uh, Sorry, I thought you were going to say something, Mike. <laughs> oh, no, I got nothing. I, I talked okay. way
1: too much already. So I...
0: All right. Yeah, so make sure that you are uh, subscribing either on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network or on our dedicated feed. Just search for everything elite in the podcast app of your choice. Follow us on Twitter at everything AEW. Uh you can also follow me at Aaron Like the Car, Mike at Fujihaya, and Nate at Epitesis. Uh Aaron Taub is he's lost. We just he, yeah, he was on a time.
2: He's the complaints department at AP Tab for any complaints. <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. He was on assignment, but now he's in complaints. So put him his <laughs> yeah. way. Sorry.
0: Uh, I think that's it. So uh, for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.